Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Well, I think I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. <laughs> We're, you know... Which is why we're doing this on the phone. We are doing this on the phone, if you cannot tell, <laughs> listeners. Uh, it's that time of year to do a lot of running, I guess. Yes, yes it is. But uh, <laughs> never fear, we are still doing the podcast. We are going to make this happen one way or another. Um so, thankfully, this is our this is our short one of the week. Uh, so hopefully, uh, everybody can bear with us as we as we uh, record from our phones here. But um, with that in mind, with the little time we have, why don't you, uh, Rich, get us into what we're going to be talking about this week? Sure. With a short time, it's a lot to cover. So we'll right. try to pack it in. I'm not sure how I'm going to get it all into one sermon on Sunday, uh, but we're going to do our best, and we'll try to get it all into our little. Uh, preview today. So we're in uh, Luke chapter 18, and we've been working through the book of Luke, obviously, and Jesus has established some um, some base, or I guess I should say Luke has established through the stories of Jesus some basic principles um, that we need to understand in the gospel, and, and among them being the way we approach God. We see in chapter 18 this uh, got a truck going by as I'm doing this. Um, <laughs> The, in chapter that, wasn't, 18, that wasn't in chapter 18. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> but in chapter 18 of Luke, um, we see a couple of parables and a couple of scenarios that all draw together to give us a picture of um, the, the right way, really the only acceptable approach to God. And we need to check what's going on inside of us as we're going to do it. So it starts out with a parable. Um, the NIV, I think, calls it the parable of the persistent widow. You might call it the parable of the godless judge. The focus is on the widow um, because she's doing the action, but the comparison is between this um, this unjust judge who doesn't fear God and doesn't respect man. And so uh, God compares himself, Jesus compares the Father, to this unjust uh, godless judge, which it's always interesting when Jesus uses these contrasts to, to pull them out. And so um, in a certain town, there's a judge, this is from verse 2, in a certain judge, a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. There's a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. In other words, protect me, I'm being taken advantage of, I'm, I'm being uh, put in jeopardy. She's seeking some kind of justice from the judge, from her justice and she's not finding it. So she keeps banging on the door, so to speak, um, to, to keep on saying, I, I need help, I need help, I need help. Um, and for some time, this judge refuses, according to verse 4. Finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. Uh, some translations render that, you know, that, before she'll attack me. But the, the idea is that her uh, persistence has almost a violence to it. It's, it's as if I'm being beaten down by her, oh, can we call it nagging? You know, she's, she's hanging with it. She's staying persistent. And, and uh, the reason that he tells this parable is given in verse 1. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So he makes this comparison and 
Jesus says, listen to what this unjust judge says. This is verse uh, 6, 7 here. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So Jesus is saying, look, keep on asking, seeking, knocking. Keep on pursuing. Stay persistent. If even an unjust godless judge can be moved out with with no good motive by this persistence how much more so the god who wants to give you good things who wants to bless his people wants to take care of those who belong to him how much more will he be moved by the prayers of his people and then he adds this interesting question on the end however when the son of man comes will he find faith on the earth now remember in Luke 17, he just wrapped this up talking about the coming of the Son of Man, that he would come back. So when he returns, really what he's asking is, am I going to see this kind of persistent faith? We've been talking for several chapters about the fact that faith really has to do with obedience, not with feelings. It has nothing to do with whether I feel faithful or I seem faithful or whatever kind of mystical religious ideas we put behind it. It has to do with Will I recognize what is true and then act on it? That's faith. So Jesus is saying, when I come back, am I going to find my people, you Christ followers, am I going to find you being this kind of persistent? Or are you going to give up when stuff gets tough, when, when things don't seem to go your way? It doesn't seem like God's answering your prayers. Are you going to just say, well, forget it. You know, it must not be true or, or find some other way. Then he goes into... This next uh, portion talking about, and I think a lot of us are familiar with this, um, this parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector as far as praying together. And so Luke puts a little label on that. These, this whole chapter seems to fit together pretty well as Luke puts these little collection tabs on here. Mm -hmm. uh, verse 9 says, To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. Remember that the tax collectors were uh, known to be open sinners, that, that they were uh, basically seen as like mafia guys who also right. were betraying the people of Israel. Um, so the Pharisee stands up, prays about himself, God, thank you that I'm not like other sinners, and even this tax collector. I do all these good things and, and keep all the law. But the tax collector, on the other hand, has a, a totally different approach to it. And Jesus is, is giving us a clear picture that the tax collector uh, is approaching this the right way in contrast to how this Pharisee is doing it. Uh, he stands at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven because he's so humbled and ashamed. He, he realizes he has no business coming before a holy God. It says in verse 13, he wouldn't even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. Everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. So this picture of humility, right. we need to come persistently like the widow with, with a, a humility, much like this tax collector who realizes I've got nothing to offer God. I have nothing that I deserve, so anything is good. <laughs> Please, just right, have mercy. Right. You know, and then this interesting 
a little vignette, not a parable, but this is actually happening. And, and we see a picture in Luke's account of another element of, of how we should approach God. Uh, this story of the little children coming to Jesus <clears throat> it says in verses 15 and following, people were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. You know, get those kids out of here. Uh, but Jesus, in verse 16, called the children to him and said, let the children, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Here's a key verse. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Another translation says, with the simplicity of a child. I think that's the message. And that really gives us a picture. Children don't come <clears throat> in the same sort of questioning way. Uh, children are very curious. They right. always question. <clears throat> uh, but they don't need to have everything figured out. They're kind of used to not having everything figured out. Right. Sometimes we, we parse things to death. We want to figure out every detail and how God works in every situ situation and every scenario and um, you know, you have theologians literally debating uh, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. Seems foolish in its in its complexity. Children are coming with a simplicity that just trusts as God gives them uh, reality. So uh, Jesus makes that comparison. Then the story of the rich young ruler that we're so familiar with that you know he. he uh, Tells Jesus, I've kept all the commands. What do I need to do to, to get to heaven? And Jesus says, well, if, you, if you've done all that, which clearly he hasn't, then, then there's one more thing. Sell everything you got. Give everything to the poor. Give, give the money to the poor. The guy goes away sad. Jesus says it's, it's harder for a rich person to go through the, to, I'm sorry, it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich. Let me try this again as if I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter heaven. That sounds right. All this stuff that they're relying on, depending on, finding comfort in. Right. Freaks the, freaks, freaks the disciples out because they're used to seeing uh, the, the haves uh, as closer to God and the have-nots as somehow out of God's favor. Right. And Jesus gives this great uh, great answer what's impossible with men is is possible with God so getting into heaven is totally impossible period in our own strength so right. we have to come with a, with a different kind of uh, a different kind of approach than thinking that we can somehow earn our way to God we have to come with a, an emptiness and a desperation that puts us uh, puts us on our knees and, and says it's all it's all God it's none of me. And uh, Jesus, again, tells them uh, after this, it's, it's interesting, it's right after this story, Jesus predicts his death again and tells them what's going to happen, that he's going to go and be beaten and spit on and flogged and, and killed, and then he'd rise again on the third day, which, of course, they didn't get yet. Right. But that that picture of the, the rich young ruler, the rich young man, is in stark contrast to the Messiah, the king of the universe, who is going to give himself up for us and face all of this suffering. Then the section kind of wraps up with this with this story of a blind beggar as Jesus is getting close to Jericho. And, and there's this guy who, who is begging. And it's interesting, as you read it, he 
cries out like the lepers did in the last chapter, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd is trying to shut him up. They're, they're trying to get him to stop. But he won't stop. He keeps on uh, you know, crying out, son of David, have mercy on me. With the same kind of persistence as the widow. The same right. kind of, of humility as the tax collector. The same kind of, uh, of emptiness that you that the rich young ruler should have had. And Jesus actually goes to him as the guy is, is continually pleading. And then Jesus answers his prayer, much the way we see all of these things come together. So it, it kind of ends with this actual scenario that's sort of a composite of the teaching that Jesus has just been giving, has just been given. And one of the great things about it, the last verse of this chapter, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. So there's there's the effect of God answering prayer uh, is God's glory. One way or another, we get focused on our circumstances changing God's glory. And I've gone three minutes over our ten minute limit here. So. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, there is, I mean, there's a lot here, but really, uh, like you just said, that that final thing is really just kind of the the perfect depiction of what what he's saying. And if you know, if we need a real life example, well, there it is. You know, because it can almost feel overwhelming to say this is how you need to approach God. This is how you need to approach God. This is how you need to approach God. But really, it's not checking things off a off a list. Uh, it's 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 within you, how you approach him and, and how you view him and how you come to him. It's not just some kind of, uh, I don't want to say ritualistic thing or, or, or whatever. It's, it was obviously within this blind guy to, to feel that way, to know his place, to know who Jesus was, and that's, that was his approach. And as we've seen before, it's the, it's the terrible situation he's in, the, the suffering circumstances right. that he's enduring, that actually put him in the right place right. to be able to approach God the right, right way. Right, right. He's got nothing. He's a blind beggar, as right. opposed to this rich young ruler right. who thought he could come to God. And and it doesn't say that he's got some particularly bad attitude. He's got a normal attitude. Normal attitudes can't right. appear before God. And so this, this blind beggar, he knows he's got nothing, nothing to offer. But he's so desperate. He's so, uh, you know, just absolutely laid low by his circumstances he knows he's got no place else to go so he cries out and that's really how we need to approach prayer how we need to approach uh our the god life is i got nothing lord please have mercy right well i'm i'm looking forward to digging into this more because it's hard to it's hard to cover it all in 10 15 minutes here so uh, we will get into it more on Sunday, and then we'll have a, a discussion about it next week. Uh, we'll be back to our normal, uh, better quality recording by then. So, but uh, thank you for taking some time out today, Rich, and uh, we will I see you guys later. I apologize for obliterating our time frame, but I'm happy to be in it. <laughs> we'll, we'll manage. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>